Hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the new Columbia Plan Series podcast. My name is Andrew. I am the host of the podcast. And today I'll be speaking with Krishore and Jocelyn on their new Colombo Plan experiences. Krishore went to Taiwan and Jocelyn went to China for their exchanges. And the title of this episode is called Crucible Moments. Um, according to a Harvest Business Review article, a crucible moment is a transformative experience through which an individual comes to a new or an altered sense of identity. And it is quite cliche that when you go traveling or have these international experiences, you do change. And these two scholars take it to another level with the experiences that they've um, gone through. So I hope you all enjoy and hope you all learn something from the episode. Thanks, Jocelyn and Krishore, for coming on today. How are you both? Good. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Excited. Yes. I hope you both Excited are. Excited and nervous, actually. <laughs> I'm not nervous, nervous to be talking right? in front of a screen, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, where are you both coming uh, from? Uh, are you both in Sydney right now, Australia, or where, where are you both um, based in at the moment? Oh, Krishor? Uh, yeah, well, right now I'm in Brisbane, Brisbane okay. in Australia. So, okay. um, yeah, definitely not as cold as where you're at, Andrew. No, it's yeah. not too bad here. <laughs> and Jocelyn? And I'm in a quarantine hotel in Beijing. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully I'll be really soon, so, yeah. Mm. Mm. And I guess for everyone that doesn't uh, know you, or which cohort were you from for the NCP and like which host countries did you, did you both uh, go to? Yep. So for me, I was 2018 uh, scholar and uh, my host country was Taiwan. Okay. Um, similar to Kishore, I was a 2018 scholar, but mm. um, I went to China. Mm. And as always, we'd always start with a game. It's called explain the picture. So instead of me asking you both, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I to use just pictures and then both of you can explain, I guess the story behind the picture or like what wasn't ev- like obvious during that time or any funny stories. So yeah, let's, let's get started with that. I think the first one is a picture of both of you. So yeah, Krishore's in the middle right there and then Jocelyn's there. Yeah, so ha- how did you both meet and yeah, was it on NTP or was it like another event or outside of it? Yeah, it was actually part of our NTP. Well, it was, I mean, it was during the times that we were overseas. So yeah. this is the, like, the Australian-China Emerging Leader Summit. Mm. Um, and that's run by you know, the Australia-China Youth Association. And are they in par- partnership with someone else or is it mainly them? Yeah, it's just, it's just Akia that runs it. Mm. Yeah, um, and so we're just there for like, <laughs> like about like less than a week in uh shanghai and they had the conference there and that's when i met jocelyn for the first time and that's a photo of all the other ntp scholars who were part of the conference at that point in time as well so it was cool yeah mm-hmm. do you remember any uh was there any good memories jocelyn of this night or this day <laughs> or the conference itself no, like um actually i have a fun story to share about that um we have a mutual friend like um mm. and her name is um Karis. Um, and like, it was really funny. I remember it was like day two or something like that. And I was like, just sitting and like talking to my friends. And then suddenly she ran up to me and she was like, 
Jocelyn, you've got to meet this guy. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then she was like, oh, um, he's like called Couture and he's like super good at dancing. And so like, it was kind of the backstory. Like, I was not expecting okay. that. <laughs> it, it was like, because like um, Karis and I, we used to like go dancing together, um, oh. which was amazing as well. And so when she uh, like, I, I think they went clubbing or something like that, like the de- night before or whatever. And apparently Couture was an amazing dancer. So Karis, <laughs> Just like, you've got to meet this guy like he's great like and that's how we kind of like met actually oh yeah. well, nice was nice to see moves after sure. that as well okay. <laughs> <laughs> got a very unique style you have to check it out one day nah that's awesome that's awesome uh okay i'll move on to the next image i believe is this is chris shaw's oh yeah what's happening here um well, uh, this is, uh, so there's this program at the <laughs> university I went to. All right, there's a yeah. preface to this. Like, it wasn't my idea, by the way. Um, but yeah, so there, well, there's like this program where you volunteer and you do like weekly Skype sessions with yeah. um, like kids around Taiwan. And so like, these are my students that I did weekly Skype sessions to. And the best part about it is that you could actually go on these one or two day trips to visit like different parts of Taiwan. This was me visiting them in their local um, city, um, which was just in the outskirts of Taipei. Mm. And so we just went to a temple, they were showing us around all the cultural activities. And then they were like, all right, let's take a photo. And I don't know whose <laughs> idea it was, maybe they saw a lot of like Western influence in their lives. And they're like, let's just dab. <laughs> you do this every day. Like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you, you know what this is. Yeah, so that's, that's part of the program, which is really cool program that they have in Taiwan. Uh. Awesome, awesome. Did you have any questions for Kishore in this photo, uh, Jocelyn? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, honestly, when I first saw this photo, like the first thing that I noticed was the color coordination. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like at first, until like that is um, very true. Yeah, I was like looking at, oh, I was like, oh, the hat, and that that's how I saw him. But it was like very <laughs> well coordinated. It's like a dance group. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was looking through our photos, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I was surprised to find this one. Yeah. Forgot about it. Yeah. Mm. There we go. There That's it is. That one. Yeah. The next one, I believe, is Jocelyn's. Yeah. Um, so this is me um, and a really good friend of mine, Michelle, mm. um, on the Great Wall. Um, and this was surprisingly the first time that I've been, uh, like, I, I was at the Great Wall. Um, and this experience, actually, talking about NCP, it was actually. Um, uh, like I'd never been to Beijing before, despite the fact that I'd been traveling around China um, <laughs> quite some time. I don't know why, but um, that was just um, how it kind of turned out. Um, mm. And the reason why I chose this photo was like because of two aspects. One is to prove um, that um, in the Chinese colloquial saying, like we always say that like um, only if you've been to like the Great Wall, then you can call yourself a good person. Um, so this is me proving that I'm hmm. a good person. Okay. <laughs> um, the second reason being um, to talk about the story between me and Michelle. Um, hmm. So I think uh, one of the things that I think NCP is great for is like friendships. And like throughout this entire time, it's like I've met so many amazing people and hmm. Michelle is definitely one of them. And um, she actually didn't go to the same university as me, uh, like uh, whether it's in Australia or in Beijing. Um, she went to Renmin, I went to Peking, um, but it's like somehow we really bonded and 
um, this is actually like what's not pictured in this um, photo is like um, her brother and her mom were actually the ones that were taking this photo. Does <laughs> it? Um, and yeah. then um, this is what we did. So, um, yeah, I think NCP definitely at the end of the day, as we talk about like the people to people relationships, yeah. um, also about the people within the program and like, you know, till today, like Michelle and I are like great friends and we still keep in touch like every day. So this is like the best thing that I got out of it. No, definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of, I've been speaking to other scholars uh, for other episodes, and the thing that I ask them is like, well, like, what do you remember the most uh, about your program? It's obviously the people and the friendships that you make. So, yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. And the next photo is Krishore. That's a brilliant segue when we were talking about the people, Andrew. So. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, speaking of people, um, so this, okay. So the guy in the middle, right. So yeah. he was actually the first person I ever met when I arrived in Taiwan. So I was coming from Japan. I was traveling mm. to Taiwan and on the flight next to me, I noticed there was this guy and he had a Dan Brown novel. So I was like, okay, so he probably speaks <laughs> like decent English because he's reading a Dan Brown novel. Yeah. So we started talking and it turns out he just climbed Mount Fuji and I was like, Oh, I actually climbed Mount Fuji as well. And it turns mm. out we both like hiking. And then we just kind of hit it off. And, you know, when I reached, arrived in Taiwan, he actually even gave me a lift to um, where I needed to go. And from oh. there, the relationship just kind of blossomed. Like he would invite <laughs> me to hikes. Um, we would go to, uh, he would invite me out to like family outings to like different mm. parts of Taiwan. Mm. And it was just like that, that, just that, that amazing thing that people always get when they go on NCP is that local generosity and compassion for like someone coming from overseas yeah. and like, like his family was, um, so him and his wife, um, they just, yeah, they provided that for me. And, and like his baby actually wasn't born when I first met him, but like it was oh. sort of like his son was actually born sort of while I was there. So oh. that was a cool experience. And he was, he's also himself. So it turns out he's a doctor at the National Taiwan University Hospital. And he does, <laughs> he like does hemato-oncology, which is like blood cancers. So, wow. and, and then he also runs ultra marathons, like he, or he used to. Mm. And so I actually did my first half marathon with him. And this mm. photo here is the a first 13K trail run that I did with him as well. And he did the trail run with the baby strapped on in front of him. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and that was like exceptional. Like he was, especially the half marathon, he was just way ahead of me. And he's just yeah. like, I was still going to the halfway point and he was coming back. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy's on another level. But yeah, yeah, it's just, just showing that like, yeah, it was one of the relationships, relationships I really valued during that time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and do you still hike or like do marathons and stuff, uh, Kishore? In Brisbane? Yeah, I, I still actually hike now. So I'm, I've started rock climbing in Brisbane and like the rock climbing culture is great. You're, it's a great social culture. Yeah. And the group of friends that I rock climb with, we also do hikes. So we just, uh, yeah, did mm. a hike actually yesterday. And, but yeah, I haven't got back into half marathons and I guess you can't really in COVID times anyway. So true, true, um, true. But yeah, something else. Interesting to see about, how yeah. that pans out in the future marathons because there's like so many people around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, and the next photo, if it's Jocelyn's. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I chose this photo, like obviously um, this is a photo uh, of a market in Vietnam. Um, mm. I guess to a lot of people it would be like it's kind of irrelevant to like NCP or whatever. Um, but 
the reason why I chose this photo was actually six months into my program, um, I bought a one-way ticket out of China um, to Vietnam. And the reason why I did that was I, I was in a bit of like a weird state. And I think it, it came down to the fact that like, um, I, like it was like in the winter in like Beijing, like we're finishing up the exams. And like, um, I was like, you know, not in like, I guess like the best kind of like um, mental health state, I would say. And I knew that like, you know, I needed a break from all of this. I like, mm. I couldn't get a cold. I'm not like a southern girl like you know I just, I just couldn't I couldn't deal with the cold and so like um, that's what I did um and I'm so glad I did that because like uh it's like two aspects of it um like it was a solo trip like and I always love solo trips and so like it was a great way for me to just go somewhere else where no one knew me there was no expectations mm. um and I would like basically um experience something like different and um one thing about uh like vietnam was not really like like the location of choice i didn't choose to go to vietnam but like i guess vietnam chose me like and the reason why i'm saying this is because i actually went to uh, like i went on skyscanner and i looked for the cheapest flights um <laughs> out of Beijing, and it just happened that the cheapest one was to vietnam mm. um i'd actually always wanted to go to vietnam but i just never really had a good reason or whatsoever um because like my grandma actually was from Vietnam. Um, and so because of that reason, like I'd always been interested in like knowing more about, you know, um, uh, the place, the history and all that. And uh, mm. I, I think I left Beijing for a good two months altogether, um, including the time that like I spent around two, three weeks in Vietnam. Then I went to Thailand to meet up with uh, Michelle, actually. Um, she was on a yoga retreat. So we just like met up for like a week. Um, and then afterwards, like I flew back to Hong Kong mm. and then I went to Shanghai and that's where I met Crystal. So ah. this is why I was like, you know, this is relevant to like <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. This, this market reminds me of a lot of what I see in Taiwan. Taiwan has amazing street food. Um, and was there any uh, good particular food or markets that you saw uh, in Taiwan, Crystal? Oh, there's just markets everywhere. Like I wouldn't say like the like it was the healthiest of foods. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely very delicious and it's yeah. a lot a lot of fried stuff, but there's also a lot of boiled things as well. Um so it's a good variety, I guess. So like uh I guess the top picks would be like, you know, you got your fried chicken, uh like the big uh yeah, that one and um <laughs> The bubble tea, of course, for, for sure. Bubble tea is original mm. in Taiwan. So, mm. yeah, the brown sugar milk tea. Yeah, yep. let's go on. This is the basic stuff that any foreigner who goes to Taiwan is like, this is amazing. And then, yeah, just, yeah. Nah, I'm sure you, you didn't probably didn't have that before you left for NCP. So now definitely your taste has changed. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and the next photo. Jocelyn, again? Um, so the reason why I chose this photo was, um, so pictured in this photo is actually my boyfriend and me. Um, mm. And the reason why we're in surgical gear is... Um, this was pre-COVID? This was pre-COVID, but okay. it was actually, uh, it was um, in December 2019. So it was like quite recent still, like it was just before like everything kind of broke out with like COVID and everything. Um, and the reason why we were in these gears was we were actually in ICU. Um, mm. And um, like... Intensive was, care unit. Yeah, so I was thinking for a very long time which photo to choose because 
this was actually a very defining moment in my NCP experience and I guess my China experience as a whole. Mm. Um, so uh, in early December, uh, like uh, um, I would say a friend um, who actually, um, in hindsight, I, I don't actually met him once in real life. Um, and he was actually a 60-year-old Lebanese um, like expat living in Beijing. And he lived there for like around 11 years or so. Um, and how I got to know him was because uh, I'd been ordering uh, like Lebanese food, like hummus and like different things like from him. Like it was kind of like his side business, uh, like business. And then I also introduced my boyfriend to um, uh, this uh, Lebanese expat. Um, and unfortunately at the start of, uh, December, like he suddenly had, um, a bit of an accident, um, uh, or I would say it wasn't really an accident, but, um, he had a bit of a health trauma, um, and he was found by his, uh, domestic helper, like, um, uh, unconscious in his house and he was sent to the hospital. Um, and it was a bit of a scare and the domestic helper didn't really know who else to call because, um, this Lebanese guy actually didn't know like much Chinese. Um, and so he ended up calling my boyfriend because like my boyfriend had been ordering so many times like, from this guy to the extent that she remembered that he could speak perfect English and also like um, Chinese. Um, and then uh, I ended up going to the hospital as well, like the two of us. Um, and we were told like this news about how uh, uh, he wasn't going to really make it um, because like the surgery that he had to do was going to uh, cost a lot of money. Mm. Um, and, uh, like the Lebanese guy didn't really have the money to do it. Um, and so it was the reason why I'm saying that it was a defining moment was uh, I made like a really, I guess in hindsight, it was like a decision that I wasn't really thought through properly. Um, but my boyfriend and I, we both were like, okay, like, you know, if he doesn't have the money, then let's crowdfund, let's get the money for him. Um, and uh, it, like, it literally was, I think around two days two, three days of like, uh, time. Mm. Um, and we end up raising around 450,000, like to help. Whoa. So that was like, and basically because like how the Chinese system works and it's like, um, uh, you have to pay up front before you get the surgery. And so like for him, the mm. time, came. so like the sooner we got the money, the faster you would be able to get into the surgery room. Um, and it was it was a traumatic experience. I just think about it actually now. It was super tiring. Like we were there. I think I, I didn't sleep for like a good forty eight hours because uh, like there was no one else there. Like his family wasn't there. Yeah. Um, like he didn't really have a lot of people to take care of him either. Yeah. Um, so we ended up making this decision. It was the best decision I made in my life because um, at the end of the day he was saved and now he's healthy and like he's going about like daily life and everything. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience as an expat and like being able to see how another expat um, in this scenario, um, like two things being defining moment um, as an expat living in China um, and seeing a fellow expat um, like going through the whole ordeal of being hospitalized and like not having the funds and like um, the system where it's like, it's very different from Australia, right? Like if you go to, um, the emergency room and you basically you have a heart attack and then like afterwards like uh, they figure out that you've got this like big surgery that like you know if you don't get it then you're going to die in like a few hours yeah. um 
like uh, you'll get the treatment. Um, in China, a lot of people actually, uh, we were told by the doctor that they actually uh, don't survive this. Um, and the reason why is because they never get enough money um, to actually uh, like get that surgery through. So mm. it was pretty much like a miracle. Like we, I didn't go in, um, nor did my boyfriend go in like with the mindset of like, oh, this, this is like, we're going to definitely get the money. Like we didn't know. And uh, like um, at the time, like the trigger point was really when um, the Lebanese guy, uh, like he like told us that he didn't want to do the surgery because mm. he didn't have the money. Um, and we'd called his family, we called everyone and it didn't seem like anyone was able to help time um and it was like at that point of like i guess like the pit um of like hopelessness um i guess i don't know what it was but something made like both my boyfriend and i realized that like we we were in this situation for a reason mm. um and we were the ones called for a reason despite the fact that i'd only met him once and we'd only been ordering for him um but uh, it's like moving forward. It's like, I learned a lot, um, about, I guess myself in like a, a position like this. And I think like the power of the community and also like the power of like standing together, which is exactly what happened here because everyone from like my colleagues at Canva, um, to like, you know, um, like just strangers from like different communities, like everyone chipped in. Um, and that's how we end up like getting this massive sum of money, which allowed him do like the surgery covered all his ICU expenses, his like hos other hospital expenses, um, as well as hiring like a carer for him for like a good three months, like two, three months. Um, and it was, I guess like it's, it's one of these, uh, like those kind of experiences, um, which really make it, it just like has a massive imprint on your life and yeah. um, makes you reflect on like, you know how privileged we are to like actually live in a country like australia where we've got the healthcare system we've got the money to support ourselves um and also how privileged i am to actually be on this ncb experience to be put on the spot um and to actually go through all of this um and yeah it's definitely made me i guess in a way a more mature person and like i guess touch wood like hopefully none of this happens ever again but if it does like, I feel like I do have what it takes to, like, um, get through it and, like, you know, crowdfund in some way. So, yeah. um, that was, yeah, that was the reason why I chose this photo. Yeah. Story and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious, actually, what do you think made the crowdfunding so successful in the end, like, to raise that amount of money for the Lebanese person? Um, we actually did a lot of things. Like, uh, within, I think, the first 16 hours of, like, um, him being in hospital and then us actually trying to crowdfund, like um, we actually reached out to media. So we had uh, like news articles out, like to actually mm. like, uh, um, especially in the expat community. So we had quite a few um, uh, different things that we had to write up ourselves and like, you know, have it posted out. Um, we even had people um, that were creating posters like uh, to uh, like that would link to like the crowdfunding platform so that people could donate. Um, and also at the time, uh, I guess like the other thing that happened was, um, uh, like we, like I basically, um, helped like send out mass, like, I guess this is the power of social media again. So we're like, I, I basically use like uh, WeChat, um, which is the platform in China to like send out mass kind of like, uh, uh, messages to all sorts of groups. 
so yeah, it was definitely uh, like three different channels that we distributed this message um, and everyone around us also uh, like it was quite fast actually the reaction like but everyone showed their support in different ways like whether it was by actually like um, coming to the hospital and bring like us food um, uh, to like you know helping us share the uh, like posters um, to even like small things like people even on the ground at the hospital like um, the doctors were actually um, extremely um, like um, genuine and they really wanted to help but it was more due to like I guess a system um, which they didn't really have much power and control over um, uh, they were really nice to us um, and especially also like the security guards um, surprisingly because in Chinese hospitals they actually don't have chairs so like everyone has to actually buy their own chairs and like bring it into like the hospital and like sit there if they want to wait for like you know um, the doctors or whatsoever so um, we obviously didn't have any of that because we were called in like um, all of a sudden, but um, the security guards uh, were really nice to us and they let us sit on the chairs um, that they were sitting themselves because they saw like how, how rough a day we had and like how long we'd been like staying um, uh, at the hospital. Um, so I guess it's like definitely again, emphasizing the community power, like everyone chipping in and like doing the thing that um, they think can like contribute in some way. And I don't think, it was because of me. I don't think it was because of my boyfriend. I don't think it was because of us, but I think it was like definitely a collective effort where everyone just really wanted to see um, uh, the Lebanese guy uh, getting healthy again. And like, I guess it was like almost like some form of hope. Like we all wanted to have that for hope and like believe in like this hope. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think that hope definitely started from you and your boyfriend. Um, mm. you, you believed in yeah. like that he would make it through it, and then both of you, both of your efforts definitely carried it through. So, yeah, that's that's really amazing. <laughs> I think the interesting thing is because I don't think I knew what was going to happen, um, yeah. and it was also uh, this was a decision made after the doctor had actually told us that um, the chances of him actually surviving this was very low. Um, but I think it was like more of a moment. It's like um, when you're when you're next to someone who uh, feels that he's been abandoned um, by his own family and his friends, um, you almost feel like it's your responsibility um, to actually like at least treat him as a decent human being, to give him the love and like give him the respect he deserves, and like give him like almost like like a chance. Um, yep. And it's like, I didn't know whether my efforts would actually result in him getting better or not. But all I wanted was, regardless of the situation, regardless of what happens afterwards, um, that uh, at least up to the moment before he goes into the, um, like... Operation. Operation. Yeah, surgery room, yeah. He, he will remember um, uh, that he was loved. Um, and this was the thing that, I guess to me, like, it was, like, almost like a solace, um, was that, like, before he entered the room, like, he was smiling, like, mm. and I think that was, like, what really made me realise that it wasn't actually, at the end of the day, about, like, obviously, I wanted him to get better, but it wasn't about that, it was actually just treating other people, with res like, with respect, like, giving them, like, a chance, like, you know, mm. giving them the hope, um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's why I was, like, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it's important to be a good human being. <laughs> <laughs>
Definitely. And yeah, I can see it definitely from your story, Jocelyn, but also Krishaw that, yeah, I think just from your story before Krishaw and uh, this story in particular as well, I think it just is incredible to see just incredible, talented, amazing people go on the NCP and to touch other people's lives as well as them touching yours. Uh, like it has, it has so many things have to go like you have to go to that specific shop or Krishna have to actually be speaking to the man next to him on the plane for all of this to happen. It's a lot of serendipity, but I'm, I'm sure that, um, yeah, I think looking back at it and that's why I actually really like this just to look back and to reflect in some capacity of like what you've done. So incredible, incredible stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, uh, shall we go on to the next photo? Yeah. Uh, I believe this one's Jocelyn as well. This um, one's a little bit, yeah, more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is actually, uh, it was like a, a Canva annual party. So I work for Canva um, in their Beijing office. Um, and I think this was around uh, November last year. Um, and it was definitely a fantastic experience and it comes back down to like, um, how NCP actually prepared me, um, to go into like, um, a company like Canva, um, in a foreign country, uh, in Beijing, um, and working in a language that is not my mother tongue. Um, and, uh, as you can see in this photo, like it, it like Canva has a culture of like love it like you know we're, we're really good at celebrating um uh, and reflecting on our successes as well as like i guess learning from our you know um being uh, learning about uh things that we can do better on mm. um and you can see me at the front i actually had a great experience because i was actually the MC for like this uh like event um and we were really lucky because we were joined by some of our sydney colleagues like including mel and cliff um mm. and like several other people um and uh, I joined Canva actually back in, uh, I think, May um, 2019. Um, I, I first started out as an intern and it was kind of like an interesting road that I kind of took um, because I didn't actually plan on staying at Canva and like now working <laughs> full time. Like um, that was definitely never part of my plan. And I was always thinking that like, you know, I'm going to make the most out of my NCP experience. I'm going to go to different countries, like, you know, go to different internships. Um, and like uh, Krishore, um, I was actually planning to go to Infosys um, uh, in Bangalore. Um, so uh, like that was like the plan. Um, so I realized that I had a three month gap in terms of like internship. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do something in Beijing. And like, you know, I, like I'd been studying at uh, Peking University for a while, um, but I definitely wanted to have like a more authentic, I guess, um, localized experience and like I thought what better way than to work for a company that I really admire like mm. Canva um, as well as uh, it being in Beijing like uh, and like working in Mandarin so uh, what I did was I actually reached out to the CEO um, and <laughs> Melanie Perkins I, sorry Melanie Perkins no no I reached out to um, the China CEO so oh, China CEO yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Robin was really, really nice. I, I reached out to him on LinkedIn, actually, and I cold called him. I was just like, hey, you know, um, I'm Jocelyn, and, you know, uh, I just want to see whether I could do an internship at Canva. Um, and, uh, well, I wasn't expecting anything, I guess. Like, it, it's just kind of 
who I am as a person. I just like sometimes I'm a bit YOLO in that sense. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, he actually replied and we met up um, and I like, we really, I guess we really got along and we could actually see um, how uh, I guess like um, it would be a, at least for me, that's what I thought. It was like, it would be a beneficial experience to be a part of Canva. Um, uh, and I guess like uh, Robin, he was really, really, he's a great boss. And like, you know, um, he was asking me to join full time. Like, so it was kind of like on the table, like on the first day. Um, but for me, I was very keen. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause like, I want to go to Infosys. I want to go to Bangalore. I want to like, you know, do all these cool things. Um, and then fast forward, like, you know, it was just like, I ended up joining Canva um, and um, I've stayed uh, and uh, it's been a very, very great experience. And I like, I think it's like one of the best things apart from what I talked about before, like friendships, uh, like that I actually got out of like the NCP experience. Um, and like, it, it went from me being from the beginning, like, you know, first six months, not liking Beijing, wanting to leave so much to coming back to Beijing and then <laughs> um, like doing my second semester and then eventually finding work and like just staying there. And like now Beijing is pretty much like my, I guess my third home. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I can't say that my Mandarin is like amazing or whatsoever. Definitely not still my third language. And I still think that there's like room for improvement but um, I'm glad that I got this experience to work with Canva um, because it really challenged me to the core um, uh, in terms of like my language abilities um, because um, the working language is Mandarin and uh, I have to like face a lot of clients that uh, are not, I guess if for instance, I was not able to like communicate properly, um, they won't be as forgiving as for instance, my colleagues. so this really pushed me to like work on my language abilities and like, you know, improve my Mandarin as fast as I could. Um, and the second thing, um, it uh, challenged me because um, I actually come from a non-technical background. So my background is in humanities um, and going into uh, a role like currently in Canberra where I focus on um, both traditional BDs, so business development, as well as like technical partnerships. Um, and uh, mainly doing like working with engineers to actually build out certain features and like you know delivering it to clients Um, like all of this was very new to me and I couldn't have asked a better way to do it than to be um, in a foreign country working Mm. for um, like an Australian company um, and (laughs) still be doing it till today so yeah well uh it would be very interesting to know if you took the other route of going down, of uh, joining Infosys. So, Trishaw, what did she, what did Jocelyn miss out on? <laughs> uh, well, we, we definitely didn't have an annual party like this. So, so maybe, maybe we should have missed out on It's much more wild, I'm sure. No, it's actually very interesting because, yeah, I know I've, I've asked, I've sort of seeked a lot of guidance from Jocelyn sort of throughout my NCP program and sort of like, choosing like with a lot of decisions in our place um Mm. before us and just like bouncing off um each other um and so there's really like this kind of two main ways right you can look about it it's like you know you sort of really just focus in on one area and just go down that path and you really specialize and you build those relationships within that one domain and that just really accelerates how you progress and the learning you experience through that right and 
And I guess that was what Jocelyn wasn't expecting to do, but it's what like you ended up doing. And it's like, it's working out amazingly. And so I, I took the other route actually, because mm. I, I still felt like coming into NCP, like I, I did have an idea of like, okay, I want to work in like the robotics thing, but I still knew there was a lot of stuff in engineering that we could try out. And so I took the completely other end of the spectrum and I was like, I want to try out as many things as I can, as humanly possible, like squeeze into <laughs> NCP and get as like as like a much of a perspective on what el- what really is out there mm. um like once i graduate from university um so yeah i guess infosys was one of those internships um it is it is really great like it's really well funded um technic- if you do a technical project i do believe it's very good for that because they have um good mentors and good projects for that um, and yeah, it's an opportunity. It's like a very cultural experience. The campus is great. Like accommodation is great. Food is great. You, like, uh, you might have to worry a bit about food in India. Um, just be careful a bit, but generally like once you get past that initial hurdle, uh, food is great. Um, and so, yeah, I just, yeah. So I did other internships as well. Um, I can talk about that later if you wanted to yeah. do the photos first. Definitely. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Next photo. Is this Jocelyn's or Crishaw's? I cannot remember. No, it's Jocelyn's, yeah. Jocelyn's, yeah. Last one. I'm talking too much, but I guess. No, go for it. I love these stories. (laughs) You take the stage. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. gonna... (laughs) Um. So the reason why I chose this photo, um, was that like I wanted to kind of highlight, uh, I guess the third part that I feel like the NCP experience, like, um, really, um adds value to um and uh this photo was actually taken um in a place called uh Chang Bai Shan um and so it's like actually uh like it's it's like um at the border between China and North Korea um and it's actually a uh it's uh a self not self-governing but it's like autonomous region um where like a lot of people living there actually North Koreans um and uh, they sh- it's basically shared between like the um, Cradle Lake, um, mm. which is like, uh, I guess a um, mythical, uh, like it has mythical and also like, uh, I guess spiritual um, importance to people in uh, North Korea. Mm. And uh, this was actually uh, uh, on a trip that I took, I think in April um, last year. Uh, and I was actually, it was supposed to be two part um, where one was like doing this hike, um, uh, like in the snowy mountains, it was like snowing crazily. Um, and then the second part was actually doing a marathon, which I unfortunately couldn't do um, because I'd actually sprained my ankle before going on this trip. But I was like, oh, I really want to go. Like, you know, this is one in a, life, a lifetime experience. And I was yep. like, you know what? I'm just going to leave my moon boot at home and just pretend everything's fine. Um <laughs> Do not recommend anyone that's listening to this. Do not yeah. do what I did. Um, yeah, it doesn't do yellow, yeah. <laughs> again. Um, but luckily, um, I survived the trip. Um, and it was an amazing experience because it really opened my eyes um, to uh, what, like, you know, China is, I guess. It's like, you know, people think that China is, like, just this massive country with like a monoculture like where it's like you know you speak mandarin and that's it but like no actually it's like a very diverse country um with like so many different like elements to it different parts different landscapes different cultures different languages um 
and this is just like to highlight the experiences that I got to have in China, like um, just like traveling this place in particular took eight hours of train riding um, plus two hours of a bus ride um, to get to. Um, and it was one of the most beautiful places I've actually been to because it uh, it's quite untapped at the moment. Like it's mm. not really, they're trying to build up the tourism industry, but it's like, uh, it's still very slow. So a lot of the things are still quite, um, I guess, undeveloped. Um, but it really uh, allowed me to have a chance to uh, experience the culture there, experience um, like, uh, you know, the landscape. Um, and more importantly, talk to people like um, North Koreans who were very hospitable and willing to share with me like the cuisine. Um, I got to try out a lot of like really delicious food there um, as well as like talk to them about their experience. And like, you know, we learned that apparently a lot of Chinese people actually go to North Korea, uh, like, Korea like quite often um to do business and like you know it's not as what the western media would usually portray like just the dictator that is like you know um in that way it's like it's very different it's like you know there's actually like other things to uh like like you know China and like I guess North Korea in this like um in this instance mm. um and uh I was really lucky throughout NCP to be able to do a lot of um, traveling within China um, and, uh, like some of the places, including Chan Bai Shan and like, you know, Chengdu, uh, like Chengdu, um, and then I met Krishaw in Shanghai, um, and then <laughs> like, was like all these different places. It was like, you know, it's a great place. And if anyone's considering applying for NCP, I guess it's like, um, local travel is <laughs> <laughs> you know, the main consideration, but it definitely is an advantage um, and definitely gives like, you know, um, it helps spice up your like whole NCP experience. And like, I can't mm. recommend it in terms of like getting to know um, like, you know, a different culture and like, you know, a country like China. So. Mm. Wow. Uh, I am at the same time jealous, extremely jealous of all of your experiences and <laughs> just uh, at awe about everything that you've both done. Uh, Thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, I think we will just end it there for the time being.